0: Welcome to Remodel Your Life. We are shining the light on women thriving in the trades and remodeling their life into something better. Join a female carpenter as she interviews women around the country about the incredible variety of careers and financial opportunities for women in construction and the skilled trades. And now, your host, Camille Finan. Um. Okay.
1: So, um, so Katie and I decided to. She agreed to, you know, come back on and us just have a conversation about what's been going on this week, and you know, for the decades before this. But um, so, everybody, this is just literally not an interview. This is just me and Katie talking about white privilege, uh, what that means, um, the stuff that's going on right now with Black Lives Matter and just both of our kind of feelings about it and just starting to have the conversation. So um Kitty, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've already sort of told me a little bit about your feelings about what's been going on?
2: Sure. Um well, I know that a lot of people are really confused and this is uh, a a weird time of unrest especially while the pandemic's going on. Um, So a lot of people are more scared than they would have been. And maybe they're paying more attention than they would have been before. And that hopefully will be a good thing. Um, But, you know, prior to recording, we were just talking like, I'm not afraid to say that Black Lives Matter and that I support this movement. And I hope that some, you know, criminal justice and police reform can come out of this because this isn't just coming out because of George Floyd. This has been happening forever um, and it just so happens that we have iPhones where we can record it now. and um, I think you know we were talking a little bit before this about how there is a stigma against protests and how there's this this assumption that everyone out there is being violent and and wants to destroy property and, and steal things. but um, there is a point and there is a message that people are trying to get heard. And, um, I think as white people, as a white woman, it's not really my place to say to, to be up at the front, but I am trying to be somebody that is not afraid to say that, yes, black lives matter, and that I'm willing to listen and work with activists and, and see how we can help. And I think that's where it starts is people recognizing the right privilege and recognizing that there is systemic racism and being willing to try, to do something about it.
1: Mm -hmm. You were telling me that you've been to some, um, you know, I'll kind of share my feelings on it, but I know that you had already told me that you've been to some protests, which, you know, I never Mm -hmm. even considered doing because I just, for one, I thought, I don't know. I just didn't think that's what I was supposed to be doing. But so that's kind of surprising to me. Um, It shouldn't be surprising to me, but kind of tell me, and obviously you're in the South, I'm in California um, what what's it like in the South? Like, what was it like going to those protests, and when did you do that? And what what was kind of what was the scenario with those?
2: Yeah. So um, I just briefly mentioned earlier that the very first one I ever went to was in 2004 when I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. A guy named James Taylor was shot while handcuffed eleven times, and I I went to uh, the two year anniversary of his killing. There was a small Peaceful protest was just a walk through town and it was not well received and we were met with police and that was that and it ended. Um, but the ones that have been happening here, I wanted to be a part of, A, because I support the cause and B, I think it's really important to witness these things and not just be seeing whatever the media is reporting or whatever your friend or neighbor is telling you is happening Because there's a lot more to what's happening. You know, I'm going down to these protests and they're peaceful. These are families. There's people with children. There's people in wheelchairs. You know, there's old, young. And people want to demonstrate and they want to talk and they want to grieve and they want to be present in this moment. And they're being met with a lot of uh, hostility. You know the the National Guards rolled up, tanks have rolled up, police and riot gear rolled up. You know my friend was shot with a rubber bullet. These are these are um, really really interesting and kind of scary times. But I think some of my friends and I realize that we are at less risk because we're white, and so we're trying to go and be present. We're trying to bring medical supplies and water and masks because the pandemic is still happening, and we need to all try to be as safe as possible. And so we're trying to just show up and be present and listen and be helpful and also help bail people out when they get arrested because not everyone that's getting arrested is out there being violent and causing problems. They're breaking a curfew, but why was a curfew set? You know, we've had some curfew set at six pm, and that's that is a little bit that's been a direct action of trying to shut down any sort of demonstration. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's out past six pm can get arrested whether you're there peacefully or not. So it's been interesting. Um, I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this. Um, And there's a lot of people that really love law enforcement and they don't want to think ill of them at all. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: um, I get that. But at the same time, we have an issue. Um, There are people dying at the hands of police and statistically more black people than white people. And that's something that we really need to to address and white people need to come to terms with their white privilege. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have the job that I have if I weren't white. You know, um, we, we've talked a little bit briefly about how, even as women, it's the, the whole reason this podcast is interesting to people is because you don't see a lot of women in the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- you know, as white women, we've put up with some discrimination, but we also have that white privilege where we can use that as a platform to say, yes, Black Lives Matter, and this is unacceptable. Yeah. And, you know, these 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 protests have a lot in different cities. I can't say what's happening in every city. I have friends that are in other cities that are very quiet, reserved, uh, shy people, and they're mm-hmm. even being met with being instigated by police, being pepper sprayed while they're just there quietly. So it's it's been interesting to hear what's happening everywhere else. Um and the response has been basically to shut it down. And like I said earlier, I just feel like we are demanding peace from a community that um, has never got to experience peace in this nation's history. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, my my experience has been, I mean, thanks for sharing all that. These are hard things to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as a person that's quiet and shy and introverted uh, myself, just in my personal life. I never felt a part of this stuff because I felt like, well, you know, I have, I support all of my black friends, coworkers, neighbors. I, you know, I, I do, you know, I'm a good person. I help them. Um, I'm not against them. Mm-hmm. You know, I do everything I can to support them. And so for me, it all, it never really felt like my fight because I felt like, well, who's listening to me? I'm just this small, you know, this small little yeah. white girl, like what is, Who even wants to know what I have to say? So Mm -hmm. for me, like for many years, um, I know both my husband and I, this has been like a really hard week because we've really been faced to, we've really forced ourselves to look at that. Like we did not even know we were complicit. We didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And we'd heard that language for a long time, but we just honestly didn't know that's what they meant about complicit for us you know, we never considered ourselves doing those things, like never, we're disgusted, we're horrified by it. So we didn't feel that was our responsibility. And now just with people's friends sharing stuff with me, I'm seeing how what I'm doing is being perceived as being complicit. And by being quiet, I mean, by being publicly quiet, that's what I'm talking about. And Mm -hmm. I never got that before. I'm 50 years old. And you know, I've had lots and lots of fantastic friends that are black and not one of them has ever said that to me, not one. And of course, why would they? Because it's uncomfortable and they think I should know. And so for me, that's just been a real eye opening that being publicly against things that that means something to my friends. I did not know they cared, to be honest, I didn't know it bothered them and now that it you know now that i see that it has it it's it's like well how do i you know as an introverted person who's very uncomfortable doing that anyways like it's just it's against my nature i'm yeah. not what i would consider an activist and it's been hard so like it, when i hear you say you've been to a protest like the, i'm like wow like i just i can't even imagine making myself do that and it's not because i don't believe in the cause it's because of my personality, right?
2: And, well, and there's also multiple yeah. ways to help too. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing privileged. all those things. Yeah. And I'm doing I'm, all the I'm donations. Privileged and all enough,
1: that. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I I'm privileged enough that I am able bodied and I'm white. And if I go to these protests, there's a, there's a small chance that I'm going to get hurt or arrested. There's mm-hmm. still a chance, but um, I'm trying to listen. And I'm also trying to not go to my black friends and say, Hey, how do mm-hmm. we do this? Because They've been putting up this putting up with this stuff forever, and it's time for us to do the work and to try to listen and educate mm-hmm. ourselves. And um, I don't know that I'm doing it 100 percent right. I don't know if anyone is. No, but yeah, I don't think I, I am think either. <laughs> the willingness, yeah, I mean, the willingness to listen and the yeah. willingness to to show up is is part of it. And people calling their representatives and donating money or whatever, mm-hmm. you know not everybody can't. So I get panic attacks in crowds sometimes. So protest mm-hmm. for me, it's like of on the day I have to decide, is this something that I can do? And most days I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to try. Um, yeah. And sometimes I have to stay to the outside and sometimes I have to leave. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not something that I really love doing. It's not something I'm passionate about. And I think there's some confusion. Some people think that we're all down there, like as professional protesters, just trying to be mayhem for mayhem's sake. And that's not really what it's about. You know, most of the people out there are really genuinely trying to be heard. Mm -hmm. And I think until, you know, the nation hears that, it's, we're still going to be in a little bit of unrest.
1: Yeah. Um, What, What I'm trying to do, I think is, is because, you know, I have lots and lots of people that are around me who, do not believe what I believe. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I have quietly been supportive in every possible way through money, through all kinds of stuff. But I I now see that my quietness, um, even, you know, that that unwilling to be uncomfortable uh, and of course, I'm not talking about like in real conversations when I hear stuff or I see disgusting group texts go around my neighborhood. And, you know, of course, I absolutely stand up. I do stuff right there when it's right in front of me. Of course I do. But what I'm mm-hmm. but what I didn't realize was that how hurtful it was to my, um, uh, you know, black friends who did not see me publicly. um sharing how much their lives meant to me. Like I did not get that connection and I'm like embarrassed to say that, but that's a reality. I, to me it was a hashtag that was just some big movement that didn't affect me. Right. That like I wasn't mm-hmm. a part of and why would they care what I said about it? Right. That's literally how I took it. And now, um, you know, because of this show and because of my transition of retire, you know, shutting down the shop and retiring and, you know, you know, I transferred all my things that I used to do offline to online courses. And a lot of these women, um, a lot of these online business women, you know, um, are black and they're my friends now and they, and, but they're my online friends. Right. And Mm -hmm. I thought I was supporting them, but I, but really when they said to me, but you're being quiet, like you're not actually saying what you feel. We know you support us. We know you care about us. But this hurts our feelings, and here's why. Like, I just didn't – I did not understand that that's what I was doing to them. And Mm -hmm. so it's been uncomfortable and hard to, like, figure out, like, what's the right thing to do. And so for me, like, I'm just trying to share a little bit of this uncomfortableness in the hopes that someone that's else that's listening, you know, some other white woman who's listening and has a business or something – And now I understand, like, if you're quiet, and you don't actually say something in front of your little family or your groups, then no one else will step up, right? And it's that sort of little systemic, under the radar stuff that I'm kind of thinking, like, I can help fight that, like, I can do more than what I'm doing by making the people around me just a little bit uncomfortable enough to just listen a little, right?
2: Yeah. And and that could change their thinking because people do listen a little, which
1: is bigger than the people they respect. Yeah. Which is, which is a different issue from like, like I get why a lot of my white friends don't feel involved because it feels like this huge movement that is not, like, you know what, it's like, I'm it's probably not, not
2: for them or whatever. yeah,
1: it's like, it's not like, I didn't connect it personally. And now I connect it personally because I've seen the personal videos of some of these women that are, you know, my black friends that are these w- online, you know, business owners who are incredible. They're super smart and talented. And they are share you know, when they're sharing stories about how, you know, in 2020, you know, this, uh, one of my friends and is, she shared the story about how her daughter, you know, her little three-year-old daughter, um, is reading the book, you know, her little book. And she's like, yeah, that, you know, that baby right there is bad. And she's like, why? She's like, well, it's cause it's Brown. That Brown is bad. Mm-hmm. And then looks at the mother who's Brown. Right. And she's just like, yeah, you're bad mommy. Cause you're Brown. And just like that, that is personal to me. And if my Mm -hmm. friends now feel that I'm not, that I, they don't know I support the opposite of that. And that's hurting them that now it's personal to me. Like now it's personal enough for me to say something publicly. So, uh, I've always supported them, but they need to hear it in a different way for it to feel like it matters to them. And that's sort of been my journey and just, you know, just hearing again, stories like you and I both feel the same. Like I can just drive to the grocery store and I never ever think about getting back safely. doesn't even, you know, I'm worried yeah. about, am I out of butter? Am I this? Am I whatever? And if I get stopped by a cop, like, you know, I'm just pissed because I didn't have my seatbelt on. <laughs> right? yeah. And I'm
2: like, well, and you know, and he, he just lets me go and gives me
1: a ticket and I'm not worried about getting my head bashed in. Like, Exactly. We
2: experience a lot of privilege that we don't even realize. And I think that angers some people. They they don't like being told that they've been given a leg up because they want to believe that everything that they have, they worked hard for and they might have. But you're right. When we go out and we get pulled over, it's a different story for us. When you go to the grocery, I bet there's not a cop on duty in the grocery store where there is in the poor neighborhood where I live, but there's not Mm -hmm. in the more wealthy neighborhood. And that is That is another thing that plays into it. And just the presence there, you know, and I have a lot of friends that love law enforcement and they don't get it. And I try to remind them that some of these people have never had a positive experience with police. They have only had negative experiences since they were children. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard thing to understand if you've never experienced it. But I think we have to listen. And just like we need to believe women that are sexual assault victims. We need to believe people of color and we need to help them and support them and protect them any way we can. And you're right. None of us know how to do this 100 percent. But I think the willingness to want to is the first step. And and just trying to educate ourselves and and listen and just be supportive.
1: Yeah. And just try to be Um, you know, like my husband, who's, who's previous military and, and his has an entire background in that, like he, you know, we had just had a huge conversation about it and, and secretly, you know, secretly, right. We are in the background, completely supportive. We do all the stuff we're supposed to be doing quietly. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the first time in his, he's 55, the first time, you know, he did a post on Facebook publicly declaring and he would have never done that before. And he yeah. is going to get and I, some I, I imagine being serious mil- heat. Let me ex-military. tell you. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. oh, we already know he's already gotten all the stuff. And so, yeah. you know, but for me, that's like, he's just popping his head up just a little spit. And I'm hoping that some other person will be a little bit brave and risk something and say, Hey, you know what? I actually feel yes. that way. I've secretly felt like that the whole time. And I've been supportive in the background,
2: but now
1: it's not okay for that. And so, yeah, Uh, We just need
2: to be allies. And I think the more people that show up and say, I'm an ally, the easier this is going to get and the more chance we have to get some sort of reform and just to kind of squash out just some of this everyday racism that people of color experience. Right. You know? Yeah.
1: Well... I certainly appreciate you having this conversation and um, yeah. it it just moves it forward just maybe a little bit. And hopefully someone just hears this with an open heart and just, you know, maybe Absolutely. has a hard conversation with someone in their life. I know um, it will be happening in my family and uh, I, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. And um, I just think it's, it's just super, super important. important. So, um, yeah, yeah. so just thanks for Thanks for being willing to chat. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, too.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Remodel Your Life. I sure have enjoyed being with you today. And if you really like our show, we'd love it if you would subscribe through iTunes. You can always send us feedback through email at camille at remodelyourlifepodcast.com. And I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Remodel Your Life podcast. This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to remodelyourlifepodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up. And thanks again to Blue Apron. I just love cooking with them and
1: so appreciate their support of my show.